Welcome to G Talk. dedicated to helping you discover your purpose by helping you build intimate relationships and a lifestyle of thankfulness. Listen to us today as we discuss a new challenging topic aimed to encourage you and to challenge you, but most importantly, to build you up in your relationships with each other and with God. Stay tuned. Welcome to G-Talk, and we are your hosts, Terrence and Adara, and uh, coming to you again today, this is Terrence talking, and uh, welcome. I'd like to say thank you for joining me again as we have been digging into this series, into this study of the book of Revelation. Again, I come without my beautiful bride, uh, hopefully very shortly here. In the next few weeks, we will get back to our our topics and, and so forth, and just appreciate all of you. Uh, just bearing and staying with me and as I dig through some of these uh, scriptures. And so today, again, I have a lot on my plate. I feel like there's a ton of information to share and so little time to bring it. And so I just want to thank you again for listening. And hopefully I have been challenging you. Hopefully, I, I don't know, Each as we get through each one of these, uh, uh, you know, churches, I really just pray that God is speaking to you individually. This really is individual. This is not, I, I believe we're in a season now where God is really desiring for each one of us to know him personally in a way that we take on the calling that he is placing in our hearts and lives and that we do not get stuck trying to appease and please people, other people, because we really have to know what he's saying for us and saying to us and, and where he's directing us. As we dig in today, we are going to jump in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, verse 18. And we're in the book looking at the church of Thyatira, or really Thyatira. It's really, there, there's really no long eyes, and I shouldn't say in, in Greek. You hear, there, I don't have time to get into Greek today, but <laughs> let's just say you'll hear me call it Thyatira many times. You'll hear me say Thyatira. It doesn't really matter. That's the English translation, but uh, Greek is going to be more Thyatira. So, um as we study this word today, as we dig in, I just want to encourage you because we're really getting to some hot and heavy pieces. And I just want you to grasp hold of the very things that God is speaking to us today. Remember, we are looking at a variety of things and I'm going to dig into something that I haven't really jumped into much um, up until this time. And I, I want to cover it a little bit. Don't know, you know, again, you know, as I've said before, this is stuff that we could spend a lot of time on. And I'm really in my heart. My my goal is to give you a piece, what I consider to be the meat of it and and what we might be dealing with today and seeing the, the challenges that we might have struggling or choosing to walk out the walk that in, in case where Jesus was saying he that has an ear to hear, hear what the spirit is saying to the church. And so. I need to cover obviously some of the past because as I've said, there's three pieces, right? There is what was going on in the church of Thyatira 
in this time that Jesus, uh, through John, writes in 90, or right around 95 AD. And then again, what he speaks to the church of Thyatira, which we believe is the, is the season of about 606 to about 1520, right in that time frame. So almost a thousand years, very close to a thousand year period of time. And we really could back it up into 590 or so, 595 and take it all the way into about, um, you know, 1500. So we are very, very close to a thousand years uh, of, of this age, right? Seasons that I talked about that were in, that were involved. And then the third piece is how does Thyatira deal with us today? How do we need to understand what is taking place and how we can be affected and what the Lord really wants us to see? So let me just read, let me just start and uh, and read a little bit of this book and or this yeah so and to the angel of the church in Thyatira 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 right write this so the mess to the messenger these things says the son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and feet like fine brass I'm gonna just stop there for a quick second because I just want to highlight a couple of things as we dig in especially as we start talking about, well, let me, let me read the 19th verse. I know your works, your love, your service, your faith, and your patience, or really your perseverance. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. So the Lord starts again. Now, there's some, there's some things here. And as usual, there's something that if I can, everything in scripture, there's a reason for. And when the Lord uses certain things, he's using it for a reason. And in the book of Revelation, it is really clear that we understand some of the things that he's saying. Now, he says, these things says the Son of God. Do you know that in no other place does he call himself the Son of God in the book of Revelation? This is it. And it's interesting because unlike the other churches that we have been reading about, there weren't a lot of temples in Thyatira. There was really one temple, and the temple was to Apollos. And Apollos was the sun god. And so isn't it interesting that Jesus says, I am the son of God. So he is really playing on the this element that is taking place in Thyatira, where he is saying, listen, you guys have been worshiping, are you worshiping the son God? I am the son of God. And so he is really playing towards that. And he continues you know, as we have seen, he highlights something that John saw about the nature, really at the, remember at the very first chapter, he says, you have, I have eyes like a flame of fire and I have feet like fine brass. Now that's interesting. Eyes that see, but they're fire means burn, right? And I think as we get to this, we're going to see that there's a, there's a great deal of this being able to see through you, be able to see into you be able to see what is true and what is not true. That's exactly what we get from this, but also having feet like fine brass, having the ability to stand, having the ability to recognize the importance of holding on to that which has been, that which is important, that which has been delivered. And so we see that the two things, the feet, in the eyes 
And so it becomes important for us to understand this. He says, I, he, then he goes through the five things that he sees that they know that they have done well, works, love, service, faith, perseverance, and their works have been better as they've gotten older. That is a very good thing because we recognize generally, it, you know, we tend to wane in our works. Now, remember, this is not works under salvation. This is works as a result of salvation. There are a lot of people today who believe, oh, well, you know, salvation is by, by salvation is, is it's, it's a free gift of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is a free gift of God. But what he is saying and what we see throughout New Testament teaching is that works are done not to get saved, but works are done because we are saved. Remember, Jesus said that greater works will you do? Remember, he says, the works that I do, you're going to do also and greater because I go to my father, which is in heaven. Works are a part of our salvation. Excuse me, not our salvation in the sense of needing it, but part of our salvation as a as a part that comes forth out of us as a result of the salvation. So salvation lives in you and me. And as a result, we begin to live out. We lay hands on the sick and they recover. We pray for folks. We stand for them. We, we speak the truth regardless, right? All of these things are works, things that come out of us as a result of what God has put into us. We're not doing them to get anything from God. We can't. We can't earn anything. There's nothing we can ever give for something. First of all, we're not worthy, right? There's nothing in us that can possibly, is, that we can possibly trade for what we've been given, Right? So that's not what's being said. What's being said is that they were able to take the salvation that God had given them and they were able to, by the spirit that was in them, they were producing things, the true life of a believer in Christ. The works of Jesus were following them wherever they were going. And that's what he commends them for. But then he gets into the challenges and there's a lot in this so it's a lot more i think than we see in some of the other ones so let's just let me quickly uh let's read through the rest of this he says nevertheless nevertheless i have a few things against you because you allow that woman jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and eat things sacrificed to idols and i gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and it's not that she did not repent. It says that she did not want to repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts and I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say, and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say. I, I will put on you no other burden, but hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him I will give power over the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel. And also I have received from my father. I will give him the morning star he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches 
So we have a great deal. And I know that this is probably going to be a couple of weeks. Okay. So let me just get into, um, again, there's so much information, but if we can stop and think about, um, some of the things that Jesus is saying now, again, um, there was something I saw there, even as I, even as I was reading this, you know, he separates those who were true and those who were false. Okay. It's like in 24th verse now to the, to the rest of you, I'm saying he's like, okay. So he deals with it's, it's Isn't it interesting? And I just want to throw this in as a freebie. You know, it's funny because we all have this picture today. I hear this on, on a regular basis. Now we are in a season of time when we are so much of us are talking about the love of God, the love of God, you know, God loves us. He he's, he's for us and he only wants the best for us. And he also is a God of grace and he's a God of mercy and that he makes sure that, um, uh, we are provided for all the things that we need. And all of those are absolutely true, but there's almost come to a time when we are no longer even talking about the other part of God, which we see in this, in this book, you know, in this chapter, uh, and in these verses, he's, he's like, um, I will cast her into a sick bed and those who commit adultery with her into great t- tribulation. I will kill her children with death. Now that's an interesting way. If I kill you, how I'm going to kill you with death, right? I mean, I'm there's, I might kill you with a gun. I might kill you with, you know, you know, poison. I might kill you by hanging you. I might kill you by, there's a lot of ways that I can kill you, but to kill you with death. And it's something that you and I have to recognize that we, we see this throughout scripture and sometimes we don't stop to, to grasp hold of what the Lord is really saying what he is really talking about. He is talking about eternally what, you know, what's really death and what's really life. He doesn't see death by death of our body as death. He sees death as your soul, your spirit. That is death. If he has to take you, take your, your spiritual death. In other words, where you were no longer, where you will not spend eternity with him, that is death to him. And so we shed these bodies, but we continue to live, but he has the power in his hand to kill and either take away our eternal life. Right. And that's really what he's talking about. And so, um, let's, so let's dig into a little bit. Let me talk a little bit about some history of, of Thyatira and, uh, let's hopefully, uh, kind of set the stage a little bit. I'll probably have time just to do that today and then we'll come back next week and we will dig in a little bit deeper into some of the some of that um history uh of of it and and how it all comes together so let's talk a little bit about rome like um thyatira like i said before thyatira was a city that was uh they were definitely thank you siri (laughs) nice to have your phone to listen to you um, Thyatira was really one of those cities that uh, was built upon a variety of things that I that I really want to get into. That really, I don't know if, if you've ever heard the term guilds, um, but they were a city that really was established. And and let me, how do I, how do you explain? Guilds are very similar to fraternities or, but they were, but, but, but they were 
kind of centered around or they were centered around your gifts, you know, your or I should say your 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 jobs, your trades. These guilds, there were many, many guilds within the and, and they were all over Rome, but Thyatira had many, many of these, and it was really a very, very strong piece of the community of Thyatira. And it's important for us to understand because a lot of what is being talked about is being talked about as a result of these guilds because guilds controlled your, the trades. It's much like if you were part of, let's say today, you have attorneys who are all part of, you know, an, an association of attorneys, right? You got to pass the bar. And the bar is not just a, a test that you pass, but you're also, there's, there's, there's something that it actually oversees and monitors the work of attorneys right across the country. That's how these guilds work. And in order for people to, to have a livelihood, they had to be a part of these guilds. And these guilds were used or done in a way that they were done. They were, there was a lot of pagan, uh, what do you want to call? There were a lot of pagan worshiping and they had all sorts of, of very strong, regular, you know, just call them parties, right? So you had to do these partying and, and be a part of these these environments where you had to join uh, these guilds or you couldn't do business. And the guilds would own how and who could do business and they would really block Christians. And the reason why this is important, and I want to talk about it and want you to understand and get a picture of this is because I think this, when we start talking about today, how this you know, as we get to how this is affecting the church today, this this is the area I think that I, I really want us to understand. I think the Lord wants us to recognize how important it is for us and how and where we are going. I really do believe this is the direction that is coming our way and is going to be something that we're going to have to make some, all of us are going to need to make some strong decisions around our commitments to the Lord. So what are we saying? So we're saying that at this point in time, that the, the city of, of, of Thyatira, as he begins to talk about, let's talk a little bit about, uh, let's back up and see. He says, so um, he says, let's, let's talk about this woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and she teaches my servants to commit sexual immorality, sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. So, there was uh, at this season, there was probably a woman who was a very part of this particular city who probably had a very strong and had a very strong role in these guilds of keeping a very strong order that was really someone. Now, here's something that's really important for us to consider and think about as well. Who was Jezebel? Well, Jezebel was, was the original Jezebel was married to King Ahab. And it's important to understand that with the king, even though he was the king, she really carried a lot of the power. And because she carried so much of the power, she controlled him in so many ways. And there was something that we began to see when we were looking at the per Pergamus church. Remember, we looked at last week. There was this process that was beginning to happen. This church, remember, we talked about the fact that Rome established a, a group, a church. They established a leadership. They established... And they began to put together 
a mindset amongst the people of that of in Rome that you now have to follow these leaders, right? The, this priesthood, and you have to do it their way. Well, this is what began to happen is that in any, if anyone wanted to be a leader, any kind of leader in Rome, whether it was a leader in, you know, where it's, where it was a politician, you know, where you were having, or if you had any kind of leadership ability as a, you know, leader of power over, you know, their, their armies or anything like that, you had to become a Christian, right? You had to be a Christian. They would not allow you. So what you have is you had people now who are becoming Christian, not because they had a move by the spirit where their hearts had been changed and they were seeking Christ, but they were joining in alliance with Christians because it was the only way for them to be in power. And I want you to stop today and think about what we would see today if our politicians could not be politicians unless they signed some kind of an oath where they had to take on some kind of a, you know, some, be a part of a certain group. You could, could you see what would begin to happen? And this is really the, 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 the mindset and the lifestyle that was happening at this time. We began to see this, this, uh, this process take place where it began to affect the entire city of Thyatira because you began having this combination of church and state coming together working together because they had to and they all had to you know and so there was this many of them had their pagan beliefs and they still followed their pagan gods and they were now bringing them into christianity because they had to in order to be in any kind of a leadership and then they began to utilize their authority and their power to block true christians from being able to get a lively livelihood or have a livelihood because they were establishing certain rituals that had to be done if you were going to be a person that sold certain things. Now let's stop for a second because I think many of you remember, if you remember in the book of Acts, Paul met this woman, Lydia. Remember Lydia? He meets this woman and it says that she was from Thyatira and she was a, she was, remember a seller of purple. Remember she had the garments. And it really, that had a lot to do with the guilds, what he was talking about. That had, that was a connection with all of the guilds and all of the trades and all of the goods and all of the things that they were doing at that place at that time. And so Lydia was a part of that. She was connected to that um, lifestyle. And, uh, and so those are some of the things that are that are beginning or began to take place in the church at that season and what they were then struggling with it was it became a challenge for them to begin to understand and take and live out their christian faith at the same time you had the the leadership who had in their hearts and minds a desire to again lead them down into these these sexual relational uh it was part of the guild it was part of what was required you had to be a part you had to go and do these orgies and be a part and serve these gods and worship these gods 
And it put Christians in a very, very, very difficult position of choosing between the Lord and choosing between the things that they wanted to do, you know, in, in terms of making money, you couldn't survive. How are you going to eat if you can't work, if you can't earn a living? And that's what they were beginning to do. And she was behind this in a great deal. And so remember, it wasn't about, it was about the authority. Remember again, Jezebel and Ahab, she may not have, have, have been in the position but she had the authority because she was using it as she had control. And so we began to see this process that was beginning to take place. And I know I am running out of time for this week. And so um, we're going to pick it up here this next week. But here's what I want to end us with today. And I want to just give you some time to consider this, especially as we dig into um, we'll start in verse 21 next week and, and start looking at that. But I want you to stop and consider the reality of what was happening to the church in that season. There was this, this mingling and Jesus was very, very, uh, he was coming and I, I just, I really had a burden when I came to really begin to teach on this. I felt like the Lord put a real burden on my heart to really speak to us and to recognize how easy it is to think you know, that I'm, you know, we we're trying to preserve our families and preserve our status and preserve our positions and preserve all those things. I, I realize all those things are important for us today in order to live out our life. But I want you to recognize because here's what we see between the two. We see the eyes of a flame of fire and we see the feet like fine brass. Jesus took and was he began and you see it in here is and he, what he does is with his eyes he begins to look into the hearts and the minds of people to see what they were really given to and that's what he begins to say is I'm going to separate you and I'm going to line you up based on what is in your real heart and mind it's like I have I have eyes like a flame of fire. I can see through your motives. I can see through all of your plans. I can see through all of your, you know, when you're trying to position yourself and you're trying to gain certain things. Like I see through all of it. It's like, I know what your motives are. I know whether or not you're serious or I know whether or not you're not serious. I know whether or not you're really committed to me. If you're, whether or not you're really um, just trying to make more money or trying to be successful or trying to gain, you know, gain notoriety or fame. He's like, I know the difference and I can see it. And he's like, those are the things that were happening at that time. And I, it's funny because we are in a time where that is a very big piece of what's happening in our society today. And I just want to speak to that. And I want to leave it there with us today. I'll pick it up next week where we can continue to talk about it. I just want to ask you to check your own motive as I have to check mine and say, what is your motive? Why do you do what you do? When you send out that, you know, that Twitter, why are you sending that, that out? When you're, when you're writing on Facebook, why are you doing that? Are you trying to gain people towards yourself? When you go to work every day, why are you, what are you, why are you doing what you do? What's your purpose in doing the things that you're doing? I want you to recognize that Jesus has eyes like flames of fire. He will see through it. And what he says, we all have this picture of this nice, beautiful, sweet. I heard someone even today say something about Jesus. Oh, he only speaks really soft. And I'm like, 
we just don't know. He speaks, was it the soft, you know, he does speak softly, but he also speaks very firmly as well. And so it's important for us to have an accurate picture of who he is. And I want to leave us with that today. Be encouraged, be strengthened. And uh, we're going to come back next week and dig in to more of the book. And I love you, care for you, have a great week. G-Talk is a ministry of Hope For You International, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can find us on the web at thankfultoday.com and gtalk.info. You can also find us on Facebook at The Thankful Today.